Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper. What is up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast brought to you by Hy-Vee. Dan Casper here with you after a quick break with the, with the holidays and Christmas and New Year's. Hopefully you all had a very very Merry Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. If you are a first-time listener to the podcast, welcome. Welcome aboard, and hopefully we can keep you here. If you are a regular listener, welcome. Welcome back. So, all right, what are we going to hit up on this episode of the podcast? It's been a little bit, but uh, let's talk a little green and gold after their win against the, the Minnesota Vikings just a couple days ago on Sunday night. They are now in a situation where if they win, they're into the postseason. The only team standing in their way is the Chicago Bears, who have been playing, let's let's face, a lot better than what uh, than what they're a different team than what they were week one when the Packers and Bears went against each other. So, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, that game uh, or that uh, that Viking or that that win against the Vikings uh, by the Packers. Plus, I want to talk a little uh, college football as well. But first up, let's talk a little let's talk a little Packers. Got to be feeling pretty good about. The position that we're in right now, don't you? I mean, come on, right? With 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 Green Bay there, I know you got some, some though maybe aren't. Like, yeah, well, they're gonna lose in the postseason and such, but yeah, that probably will be. That'll probably be the case. But still, a fan, got to cheer for them to. You know, you want you don't you don't want the Bears to to come into Lambeau and and take them down, right? You don't want the Bears to do that. So, but you know, heading into this. Uh, this this final week and such, and, and kind of I don't necessarily want to do a whole look back at uh, at the season yet because it's not over. I mean, we got a big game coming up on Sunday afternoon. Take care of business and try to punch our ticket uh, into the the postseason there. But when you look at how this season has gone so far, you know, obviously the defense has probably been the the biggest disappointment of everything i mean you know when you look at the preseason expectations when you look at the goals i mean you even had murphy the president saying yeah defense is gonna have to carry us first few weeks yada 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 we don't need to rehash all that but that has obviously been the biggest biggest disappointment and failure of of this season but with all the question marks surrounding the youth on offense and the question marks surrounding the quarterback play. You know, what what type of quarterback is, is Jordan Love going to be? Can he be the guy? Is he going to be the guy? And even, how, you know, what was it, a couple months ago after when there was 10, I think it was, yeah, it was the bye week when, uh, when Goody had his one and lone press conference. Brian Goody gets Packers general manager. And talking about love, and he's like, you know, these are big ten games to go here for for love, and kind of gave the impression that eh, not ready to say he's the guy. I mean, he was obviously hoping he was the guy because he's the one who drafted him, traded up to get him, and such, and all that fun stuff. But looking at it now, thirty touchdown passes, got a couple, got a few of them rushing as well. 11 picks, 3,800 passing yards. We can go through the comparisons with Rodgers. Everybody, everybody's done that at this point in time after 16 games and compared them and how eerily similar they are. 
We don't need to redo all that. But considering that we had question marks, we just didn't know. We didn't know about these young guys. You know, the tight ends and this Jaden Reed character. And, oh, okay, Don Tavian Wicks is a fifth-round pick and, and all that sort of stuff. Don't want to grade it yet, but, I mean, is the offense, for how well it's played, and, you know, I get it the last couple of weeks, and it's kind of been uh, an EKG. It's been up and down. It's been some waves. But overall, for, from the inexperience, from the youth on the offense, has the offense kind of surpassed some of your expectations? And I, and, and I thought Collinsworth on, on Sunday night's game made a good point, too. You know, we all thought it was just going to be run heavy, especially this year, especially maybe in the beginning part of the season. It was going to be a run-heavy team, very focused on running the ball. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, kind of maybe similar to, to last year when, you know, Aaron even went out there and said, yeah, we got to get the ball to 28s and, and 33 as many times as possible. But it kind of got derailed with Aaron Jones getting hurt after, you know, week one. Kind of got thrown up in the air there. A.J. Dillon was off to a slow start. But now, you know, training camp, preseason, even the beginning part of this this year, looking at this offense, I feel really good about the future of this offense. And and I know the season's not over with and such, but I feel like I'm 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 pumped. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what what they can do. Well, how they can continue to grow. I mean, you got it's 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 almost like every week it's like who's going to be the next guy that's just going to pop up and 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 be the dude. You know, it was Bo Melton on Sunday. You know, it was Jaden Reed the first half of that game though. But looking at these these guys and looking at these tight and I just I really appreciate how love goes out there and 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 I hope this is something that can, he could continue. But just you know, gives or go or or, or you know, attacks what the defense gives him and such. I mean, he just looks so poised. He didn't look so he didn't look flabbergasted or anything in that game. Guy was just he looked like a dude. He looked like the man on Sunday. And being able to just spread the ball around, doesn't care about who's getting the amount of touches and such. He's just giving the ball to the guy who's open. And I think at least in my opinion, you know, one of the biggest question marks that were at the beginning of the season was the deep ball, was the accuracy on the deep ball. And I think that's gotten better throughout the season. I I think we've seen improvement from there. Has it been perfect? No. Has his footwork been absolutely awesome every single time? No. It hasn't. But you're seeing this improvement and you're seeing the results in this improvement. And this team just I, I don't know. There's it's just it's it's a fun group. It's a frustrating group to watch a lot, especially when it's on the defensive side. But this offense, man, it's just it's it's fun to watch. And this is the offense I think. Now, I mean Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, I want him back. I know I, I don't know if they're gonna bring him back because because of contract numbers and you know, cap hits and whatever. But if they can figure out a way to get Aaron Jones back, I want Aaron Jones back because they don't have another guy 
that could kind of replace him and, and that sort of stuff. But this right now, like the lot, what we saw on Sunday was kind of the offense that I think we were all hoping to see from the last couple years with you know Matt Lafleur coming in, bringing in that Shanahan style of offense. This is what we wanted to see: spreading the ball around, getting a bunch of guys involved in the passing game. Utilizing the running game. Back-to-back weeks now, Aaron Jones has ran the ball over 100 yards. It's complimentary. It's it's very complimentary football on the offensive side. And it's it's it was I was really kind of watching on Sunday too, kind of the chess match between Brian Flores and and and, and Matt Lafleur. It just seemed like Matt Lafleur was one step ahead. It was kind of the same way against. Kansas City was like one step ahead a little bit. Then obviously, you know, followed up after that Giants game and Jordan Love struggled, the offense struggled. It hasn't been perfect by any means, you know, through long stretches of the season. But you're seeing some really, really awesome glimpses of the potential of what this this offense can continue to grow. And that's that's what's exciting for, for me is to see this offense. I think the sky's the limit. Now, I think, you know, not to get too far in the weeds, not to get too far ahead and, you know, get into draft talk or anything like that. But I do think one area that they're probably going to address is going to be a running back. Again, I I would love – Aaron Jones is one of my favorite players of all time. And I think when he's healthy, he still shows what he can do. That guy has just been getting beat up a lot this year. I mean, he's a smaller guy, and, and he's been taking some tough hits this year. I just I, if they could figure out a way to bring him back, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I think they do need to kind of look at maybe getting another type of running back like his skill set in here. But that's that's a topic for another di- another day here. But I think the sky's the limit for for this offense going forward, going into next year. Now, I'm going to ask Doctor Crow this on on Friday if we got him on. I know they also mentioned in the in the telecast. I think it was Tariko when they're talking about Christian Watson there a little bit, and uh, they said that they're gonna. I can't remember if he said it was Lafleur or somebody told him that they're gonna dedicate a lot of time in the in the off season to trying to figure out his hamstring issue, trying to figure out his hamstring issue. Now. I want to talk to Dr. Crow about that and kind of get an expert's opinion, like what can they actually figure out. And, you know, they could do all these different tests and, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, you add in a Christian Watson element to this to this offense, and he, we, we saw what he could do. We, we, we saw that stretch of games before he got hurt in that Kansas City game, what he was doing, what he can – that, that element that he could provide within this offense. And we saw it last year, too, on that run. We know what he could do when he's healthy and he's playing – really good football. But that's just going to be the question mark surrounding him going forward. But you got you look at these receivers and you look at the different kind of skill sets that they they kind of provide. You know, Watson's the bigger deep deep threat receiver, speed. Jaden Reed's a guy, slot, has a lot of experience playing on the outside though from his college days too. You can line him up in the backfield. They've used him so many different ways. Romeo Dobbs seems just like a, you know, 
a possession type receiver. Reminds me a little bit of like a Greg Jennings type of receiver. Dontavian Wicks, guy who just finds the holes across the middle of the field. I mean, to to go into this game, and I know it's it's Minnesota. It's not like you're going up against, you know, the best defense, and, and it's not like going up against the Ravens or the Forty ers or anything like that. But when you go into a game without Watson, Dontavian Wicks. Jane Reed misses the half, and you got guys that are stepping up, and you know, no Luke Musgrave obviously again this week, and you got guys stepping up and just, you know, taking care of business in that offense game. That's what this offense is supposed to be doing. That's what this offense is supposed to is designed for. Getting a bunch of guys involved and still being able to move the ball and still being able to score a bunch of points, playing within the system, playing within the offense. And I think what we've seen so far from this growth from this offense to see these young guys stepping up, I'll be honest with you, it made me kind of question like, all right, did Aaron kind of hold the only offense back a little bit? You know, the whole trust thing. Now, again, I'm not trying to pile on Rodgers, or it's easy to kind of hindsight 2020, point the finger and that sort of stuff. Aaron's gonna, one of my favorite players of all time. But you look at how these guys have been growing, it's like, man, they're balling out this year. And I think, you know, one guy you got to give a lot of credit to that you're not hearing a lot talked about, maybe more so in NFL circles, but is the wide receivers coach for, for Green Bay, Jason Vrabel. The, the job that he has done with these young guys, I think, has been... It's been pretty I mean, pretty awesome. He's been doing a you know, wide receivers coach since twenty twenty. And, you know, got a little bit with, with Devontae there. I think he definitely helped the growth of of uh Alan Lazard. But now the work that he's been doing with these young guys, I mean, you open up the season, all off season, your veterans are second year guys. I'm sure there's there was probably you know a lot of frustration, maybe pulling out the hair, maybe you got a little gray, stress out. But the job that he has done with this young wide receiving group, it needs to be recognized. It needs to be recognized for how how awesome of a job he's been doing. Now I hope he stays with Green Bay again. I don't know what the what the NFL coaching circles or talk out there is you know I'm sure there's other teams that have taken notice obviously I'm talking about offensive coordinator positions or anything like that but you got to give a credit you got to give some credit to, to Jason Vrabel the wide receivers coach for, for Green Bay and the job that he has done with those young guys in that group and you know even I, I would go as, as, as far as to say you know you look at look at the tight ends. It's been a while. I feel like too that we've been really pumped about tight ends. I mean, you know, you had the Martellus Bennett experience for a couple couple years. Robert Tunyon had the great year in, in, in twenty twenty, the COVID year where he had ten touchdown catches. But John Dunn, who's the tight ends coach for for Green Bay, you know, he goes into this season too, and his top tight ends are Rookies as well. Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Sims gets brought on after cuts. 
So you look at what what those two coaches have done, what those two position coaches have done on the offensive side. You got to tip your cap to to them. And if there's coaches that maybe deserve a little raise, or hopefully they got uh, something nice from Santa or something in their stockings, they've done a hell of a job with those kids. I still call them kids, but those young young players. So they may not be getting a lot of the attention from from the national side, or even from from some of the state media and such. But shout out to to those to those two young coaches for a job well done so far. Thirteen different players able to at least generate uh, a pressure against Vikings quarterbacks on on Sunday night. Thirteen different players. Um, Packers pressured uh, the the Vikings on fifty percent of the dropbacks last or on on Sunday night, uh, but those thirteen players to cause at least one pressure also, according to Next Gen Stats, tied for the most players to do so on one team in a game this season. The last to do it was the Indianapolis Colts back on week two. Back on week two. Now I'm sure there's probably a lot of Packers fans out there saying. Joe, what took you so long, bro? And, uh, well, I'd, I'd probably be with you on, on on that part, too. But, obviously, I think that helped out in uh, limiting what Justin Jefferson and Addison could do in the uh, in the past game, helping out uh, Corey Valentine, 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 I mean, the Allentine brothers, if whatever. we got to come up with a nickname uh, for, for those two. But it, you know, not to take away for, from those guys' performance uh, on the game on on, on Sunday, but having fifty percent, you know, fifty percent of the dropbacks and having pressure on there, we talked about it. How many times you help out your corners, you help out your secondary by generating pressure, by getting after the quarterback, by making them uncomfortable, and Green Bay did that regardless of who was back there, you know, playing quarterback for for the Vikings. Now I don't know if you could play the same style of defense with Justin Fields, who, you know. A little bit more of a mobile quarterback and can scramble for big yards and such. I don't know if that's going to be something that they're going to try to do again. I th- I feel like they, if you're going to do that, you got to be able to collapse the pocket, contain him within that pocket, don't have any holes on the edge or, or coming up the middle so he can extend those plays using his legs. So I don't know if you can necessarily expect to have the same type of performance from this defense or maybe the same type of game plan going up against Fields on Sunday, but you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it uh, rolls out. Jair Alexander should be back going up and in, in, uh, for, for the Bears there, but you know, Eric Stokes, how many of you were a little bit nervous too when you found out Eric Stokes on Saturday was was out? That's another guy too they've got to figure out. If they're gonna if they're gonna spend some time and they they got a plan to figure out hamstring stuff with Christian Watson. They got to figure out something with Eric Stokes and that hamstring too. But that that's another, that's twice now. And what happened on like Friday or Saturday to where it's like, oop, he's out. I wouldn't expect him to play against Chicago. I wouldn't expect that at all. But man, we'll talk more about Packers Bears coming up later on this week and uh, some. Uh, coming up episodes or some coming soon episodes of the the podcast here but take a quick break and i do want to talk a little bit about uh college football we know the national championship matchup michigan versus washington uh we'll recap some of the games from uh the other day on new year's day after these quick words 
Prepare for the holidays with your local holiday headquarters, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Whether you're looking to prepare for a big holiday feast or looking to grab some party platters, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has everything you need to make your holiday get-togethers extra special this year. And remember, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire is your headquarters for all of your catering needs for those work Christmas parties. From a wide selection in their meat department, bakery goods as far as the eye can see, and a massive wine and spirits department, Hy-Vee has something for everyone. Plus, get some Christmas shopping done with their new toy aisles and sports shop. Get ready for the holidays with high v so we now know who is going to be playing against each other for the national championship coming up on monday january 8th it's the michigan wolverines versus the washington huskies michigan defeating alabama in overtime having to make a late drive there to tie it to force overtime and then a couple plays into overtime they are able to get the touchdown hold alabama out of the end zone washington meanwhile holding off texas as they tried to to, to tie, at least tie it at the end there. But uh, kind of, I think, both games played up to expectations. I know, you know, Michigan and, and Alabama, a lot of similarities between the two defensively, and then Texas and Washington. A lot of people, like myself included, thought it would be a shootout. Well, I mean, 37 to, to 31. Now we get the two teams in the country ranked number one, number two, going at each other for the national championship i'm excited about this championship because it's something different now i know michigan's a team that's you know it's always kind of a premier football team and and you know one of the top football programs in the country and such and washington's had some good years but it's not georgia it's not alabama it's not these teams that we have seen a lot in the national championship the the past few years so it's something a little bit different and if you're a big 10 fan it's hey it's kind of all big 10 with washington coming over uh to the big 10 starting next year right so uh you got that going for us which which is nice if you're a big 10 fan but it's different you got michigan with with their defense going up against washington with that offense and michael Penix jr i think this is going to be a really good game i think it's going to be an entertaining game and i i can't remember the last time that i was really intrigued with with a national championship game for for football not to say that there hasn't been good national championship games before you know alabama and georgia yeah they've been some really good matchups but in terms of leading up to the game itself i'm a little bit more excited for this matchup than maybe i would be if it was like georgia and alabama again and it's strictly because of yeah we've seen it same song same dance different year same thing though and it's not this year it's not that so i'm excited i think this is going to be a good matchup i'm still going to pick michigan although washington (sighs) that offense man and with michael Penix jr and boy can he throw a sweet deep ball duh that they i think they could give michigan some fits here too so if michigan if their offense you know if they can kind of not to say that you know they got to be in a shootout with Washington by any means, but they're going to have to maybe put up thirty some points, mid twenties or thirty something. That defense for, for Michigan is going to be under a lot of pressure too to try to slow down Washington. I think it's going to be a good game, and and I'm excited for it too. And I know a lot of talk about you know month ago did they get it right? Did the committee get it right? Florida State got dominated by Georgia, and I know a lot of people opted out of Florida State, and they probably wouldn't have if they were in the in the in the championship. But here's the thing: you can't argue with how entertaining those games were. Michigan and Alabama going to OT. 
Washington, Texas, you know, the, the way they ended. I think if you, I think the college football playoff committee is probably patting themselves on the back. And they should. Let's be real. They should. Because they picked the matchups that they thought were going to be the best matchups, the most entertaining, and getting the most views on television from beginning to end. And they got that with those games. They hit it on the head. They hit it on the head. And they got it right. Could have gone different ways, but they got it right. So, ah, I can't wait, though. It's going to be a really good national championship, I think, on Monday. So, hey, this is going to do it for us on this episode of the podcast. But I want to give you a little bit of a tease because we got some announcements coming up for some new stuff involving the Man Cave podcast, okay? Some new, some fun stuff coming up. Uh, So if you haven't followed or subscribed, please do so for free wherever you listen to your podcast. And while you are there, if you could, please, please, please make it a New Year's resolution to give us a five-star rating and a positive review so others can find the podcast, okay? New stuff, going to announce it this week, all right, this week. But, uh, again, big thanks for tuning in to our quick episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Still kind of catching up uh, from the end of 2023 and uh, getting underway for for 2024. So uh, we'll really deep dive into some new stuff and some longer episodes of the podcast coming soon. I'm Dan, and I'll see you or actually talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.